I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert, and my pronouns are also he and him. And this is Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to WarbyPorkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Wait, wait, wait. Warby Porker? That's a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them them that link one more time. So sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker, modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. Hi. Hello. How are you today? Um, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Still have my uh, my little thumb issue. Oh. I think I mentioned it. Yes, remember. you did. Jiggly made fun of you. Um, oh, yes, she did. Yeah. She's so sweet. Um, <laughs> We're such good friends. I know. <laughs> She's my sister. Um, yeah, that's been getting better. I mean, it's just a little hard to work with the brace. But, what, um, uh, how, do you, how can you tell it's getting better? Um, when I take the brace off. To rest it, which sounds weird because the braces for rest, it doesn't... Um, well, but the brace keeps your thumb... It keeps my... Like, it keeps your thumb in line. Yeah, it's like nasty, naughty thumb. Stay still. Um, yeah, it doesn't let me move anything but the first joint. Um, it uh, it takes longer and longer for the pain... To come back. To come back. Or, like, if I accidentally start doing something with my thumb that moves the palm of my hand, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt as much, or mm-hmm. it takes longer to come back. So, yeah, but... Are you scared of the mic? Because you're really far from it. Oh, sorry. It's very scary today. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think it's getting better. Yeah. I don't want to go to a doctor, which is, considering I'm always sending you to a doctor, I should. But I mean, um, to be fair, I have not gone. I know. So we're, just, <laughs> so know, we're even. We're neck and neck. Um, but other than that, I'm just peachy. That's good. Yeah. A bit overloaded with um, all of that saccharin Netflix oh, we've watched. I didn't know we were going to jump right into it. Oh, I'm, I mean, we can wait. No, no, let's do it. We just um, finished it. Yeah, we just finished um, all 10 episodes of AJ and the Queen on Netflix. Why are you whispering? We just finished. We're talking know. into microphones on a podcast, I and I need you not to whisper. Yes. Um, we just finished all 10 <laughs> Like, what's happening? I don't know. Sometimes I'm very loud, and then I just go very loud. Can you hear him, listener? (laughs) 
listeners. Wow, look at me. We, we just reading ourselves. Um, <laughs> anyway, we just finished watching all 10 episodes of the first season of AJ and the Queen on yeah. Netflix. And it was interesting. That's an interesting way of putting it. Um, let's see. Uh, I looked up the term ham-fisted yesterday while we were watching because I felt like that was a good way to describe the show, specifically the writing. My biggest problem is with the writing because the tone of, and I, we're going to try really, really hard not to give spoilers, but like one might slip out. We're going to do our very best mm-hmm. not to give spoilers. Um, and I don't think this is a spoiler at all, but the character that RuPaul plays is definitely coming from the same perspective as Carrie Bradshaw and Charlotte York oh, from Sex and the City. Yeah. It's like they're the same. It's the same voice. The thing is, overall, I I did enjoy it. Like, it, it got better. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird sometimes with the show for it to get better. Yeah. Like, like it, the story was really good. I like the, you know... Like various characters have really nice um plot uh not plot yeah storylines um costuming's great so on and so forth and I didn't hate it but yeah like you're saying the writing did feel the writing feels bit- weird can I just can I have you get closer to the mic again Sorry. like I'm not asking the, you again get closer to the mic pull it closer to you please it's just like is that better you're on the on the screen your voice is like a little tiny dot whereas mine is a did you adjust me no not at all oh that's weird we're we're at the same level yes oh yes and the mic i can see that the mic Um, is closer to you well i just brought it closer yes Um, thank you (laughs) i thought the writing was a bit dated yes um rupaul's acting out of drag was drastically different than his acting in drag which i understand that you know there's you know he, like anyway he talks about it you know his confidence at one point but that like it's almost like rupaul himself like the actor the the, the person yeah feels more confident in what they're doing when they're in drag which is not atypical but it was very jarring to see that shift so Back when I used to listen to What's the Tea, I know that Rue and Michelle would regularly have conversations about how Rue wants to do more acting as uh, like in in male clothing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Michelle will be like, you should totally do that. And you can you can hear the lack of confidence in RuPaul uh, out of or in boy drag versus RuPaul in girl drag. Hmm. You can hear the you can hear in his voice that he doesn't fully believe what he's doing yeah uh so there's that and i don't know if i should go right into the bad things or if i should start with the good things like it feels good to see rupaul being essentially like living in the nightmare that is an acting challenge on drag race for 10 episodes Mm -hmm. like there's a vulnerability behind that which i really loved and Mm -hmm. he he throws himself into it it's not i'm not saying that he um I'm not saying that his performance is always ham-fisted. It's only ham-fisted 40% of the time. Yeah, otherwise it was it was <laughs> I like I kind of want to keep it positive more than anything yeah. because I did feel like this was going to be a dumpster fire, but it really wasn't. I think that it 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 took its time to like talk about different issues and to use very plain language to explain things like being trans or being non-binary. Um, well, I, I'm I, I'm I'm just giving it credit because I think it did more than I thought 
it was going to do. Plain language that is also slightly problematic. There well, you go. Well, okay. Yes, there was problem. I mean, plain as in, you know, there aren't these like very long terms. It's just kind of like, yeah. you know. Um, no SAT words. Exactly. <laughs> but also, you know, dealing with things like a black man traveling with a little white girl is going to be seen as suspicious. And it was something that was, oh, I guess that's kind of a spoiler. Uh, well, not really. Not really. But but they again, they took the time to explore that and like make the viewer realize like, okay, this is like a fantasy thing right now because it's a show, but this yeah. is still a very real issue. Like Ruby slash Robert could get arrested, beat up just because people think it's weird that he's traveling with this little girl. And, you know? ju- and just to be clear, Robert is uh, RuPaul's character's name yes. out of drag. Just to be clear, because I am also Robert. You are Robert, yes. Um, and I love the chemistry between um, RuPaul and Izzy, Izzy G, right? Is the name of I the I think that's actor? the name of the, the actor who plays the little girl. Yeah, that was, it was really nice to see that. They, they, they did have excellent chemistry. Yeah. You can tell that they spent a lot of time together and that this actually meant something to RuPaul, which was really, really nice. Yeah. And I think that the story has so much potential. Like you start out not really believing it because the acting is so bad and the writing is very cliche. Um, There's even, so there's a character RuPaul's uh, RuPaul's roommate on the show is a blind drag queen. And uh, I will say, I love that when she was in drag, she looked like she was the vision of perfection, Mm -hmm. just gorgeous. Um, But I feel like they did, they did do a lot of stuff where uh, she wasn't just comedic relief. We were laughing at her, not with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't really appreciate a lot of that, given that those of us who can see her were like, whoa, you look incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, I mean, to add to that, she she sews, she does hair, and everything is just perfection. Yeah. And granted, not really realistic, because, you know, mm-hmm. you need you would you would need to see a garment to stone it you would need to see hair to style it but still i think you're giving us there were to me the biggest problem with this show was that there were so many moments that were out of character for these characters based on how you have presented them to us you know like there's a there's a particular scene where uh, RuPaul is fully leading on this guy and then the guy makes a move and Ru's like, oh my God, how dare you? And it's like, but wait, what? No. It's just like, it, and and all of the, uh, and, and the part that was out of character was Ru leading him on, not the part where she's like, oh God, how dare you? That is fully in character. Mm-hmm. It was everything that came before it that I was like, yeah. why isn't she stopping this guy? Mm-hmm. Like it was confusing. Yeah. Uh, and there was just it, it was it was um it was cartoonish. Most of it was super cartoonish. Oh yeah. It was yes. I mean it was um it was like Chu Wang Fu meets oh, there was another movie I thought of that we talked about when we were watching it that it reminded me of. But it, it is kind of bits and pieces of all of these really um, you know, campy movies that we've all seen before. Um but I think it was very uh, self-aware that that's what was going on. Like, you couldn't with, yeah. with dialogue like that. Not, you know. Um, I also found... So RuPaul has all of these, you know, great references to uh, to older films and all that stuff. And I think that those references are great. The problem is, I don't think... 
I, I mean, I'm curious as to who injected all of those one-liners uh, that were about movies, you know, made at least 50 years ago, which is fine that, you know, RuPaul herself would make these references. I don't know that the character she's playing would because the sh- and and then on top of that, the show is being marketed to a really young audience and they're not going to get like all of the references are going to fly right over their heads. So maybe they'll look them up. Maybe I doubt it. Someone's going to post on Reddit, what it, who is Marlon Brando? And then someone else is going to be like, "Oh, they were the guy who played the, you know, the Godfather." And they're like, uh-huh. "No, no, 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 honey, no, sweetie." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's that's what it's going to mm-hmm. turn into and yeah. it's like, "Who is Shirley MacLaine, honey?" Exactly. Um, there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, yeah, I yes, it was very cartoonish and that. It it was just like there were certain things that were dated. Mm-hmm. But I just like there were certain moments that I said, I no, it would be a spoiler, but that just had me all in. I was like, you got me like this sentimental moment right here is perfect. And then there were others uh-huh. that weren't. But overall, it was really amazing. And seeing RuPaul actually perform because like she was. Oh, right. Right. Like, in drag. In drag. <laughs> yeah. Doing things that, you know, the, the, the RuPaul behind the desk on Drag Race wearing sweats would not even think of doing yeah. was, I don't know if heartwarming or refreshing is the right term, but I want more RuPaul on stuff that's not Drag Race. Yeah. Because it's such a different thing. And I know that I and we have been very critical of RuPaul in the past, and that stuff still stands. But in terms of entertainment... It wasn't half bad. Yes. It was great to see that. Uh, I think it's fair. I think having watched the entire season, it's fair that we have been critical of RuPaul the way she, the way mm-hmm. that we have been in the past, mostly because she, um, she acts like she is the, or she, she presents herself as, as, as if she is an authority on all of these hoops that she's making her contestants jump through Absolutely. on Drag Race, right? And I want to ask you, if AJ and the Queen were, if AJ and the Queen was an acting challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race, where would she place as a contestant? In terms of, would she be safe? Would she be in the bottom? Would she have to lip sync for her life? Like, what are we talking about here? I think she'd win. You think she'd win? Because in my mind, I'm thinking of that one scene that had us cackling last night for like a good hour. And if she could pull things like that out during an acting challenge on Drag Race, uh-huh. I think that she would win. Okay. But. I mean, even that was ham-fisted. Even that. Even Little though Robert, it made us cackle, it was ham-fisted. I, it was just so good. There were a lot of moments that were really good. But mm-hmm. I think that in general, she would have probably, okay, maybe not one, but she would have either been safe or in the top. Here's my thing. I think on a scale of from Nina and Valentina to Titsanaski, she is a mother a mother of gay or whatever. Oh my god. Yes. The one with peppermint. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's it's in the Sister middle. Mary Kunt. Sister Mary Kunt. Yeah. Uh so oh, Nina and Tina. Oof. Um I think that uh i i would love to see a season two i think this is the type of show where the first season is a dumpster fire it because it reminds reminds me a little bit of uh grace and frankie with grace and frankie we tune in because you have these two iconic actors that are carrying the show on their backs and uh we we're tuning in for them we're tuning in for 
uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. And so the first season was a dumpster fire. Oh, absolutely. It was all over the place. It was all over the place. It was super cartoony. The way that they were treating the gay characters was absolutely ridiculous. And then season two, they kind of found their footing, but there was potential. That's why the show came. I mean, I'm sure that Netflix is like, oh, a lot of people tuned in, a lot of new subscribers, whatever. Uh, but there was potential there, and I feel like there's potential here with AJ and the Queen. As mm-hmm. much as I wanted to hate it, the story really, it, it pulls you in. It yeah. really pulls it, you in. It, it is a crowd-pleasing story. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily a crowd-pleasing story. Uh, that's, there. I, I, maybe it is a crowd-pleasing. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But People like it. People, people do seem to enjoy it. Um, RuPaul needs acting lessons and they need to, they probably need to fire Michael Patrick King or hire someone else to help him write these, uh, write the dialogue. They also need to figure out the tone of the show because the show is marketed as a comedy, but each episode starts with this really sad music. And it's like, you can't get past that. You have introduced whatever storyline we're about to get with this really sad music. And then uh, the footage at the very beginning of every episode is in slow motion. So I don't understand what, like, what are they trying to tell us? by doing all of all of these dramatics and mind you each episode ends with a cliffhanger that's sort of funny so how how am i supposed to binge this if you're gonna start me you're gonna leave me on a high and then start me at a super duper low yeah you can't do that yeah and there needs to be a little more consistency in the the ebbs and flows right of the show for sure right but it has a lot of potential and i'm excited i would absolutely watch a second season of aj and the queen me too um do we want to move on yeah okay um so something that i wanted to talk about in our kind of catch up this week Mm -hmm. is uh something that happened over the weekend um long story short i went down to get the mail Uh and Walking back from checking the mail, I happened to look out this window that looks onto our like little plaza in front of our building. Um, and there was a man, na- like stripped down naked, essentially humping the snow and like gyrating. And there was a woman um, in the same hallway as me on the phone, I guess, with emergency services or something like that. But yeah. Um, I was really disturbed because it was it was snowing a lot and it was very cold and so I ran upstairs and and showed you know kind of showed Robert through the window what was going and then I immediately called nine one one but I I hesitated for about two minutes or so because well first of all this man was was Afri- is African American and again he's naked and gyrating and so in my mind I thought well if I call nine one one and I call an ambulance for this man like are they going to just send somebody to help him or are the police going to come? And it, you know, it made me worried, but I thought, you know, this, this man could freeze to death or get hypothermia or, you know, any, you know, anything of that nature. And thankfully he wasn't like out, you know, like on the street because we're pretty secluded where we are. So I thought, all right, he'll be okay. And I'll be honest with you. I know that you said it was something that if you were walking by, you wouldn't miss it. I would have absolutely missed it because I would not have looked in that corner. He was Mm. essentially like in a corner that's near an emergency exit from Mm -hmm. our building. And if you're not purposely turned and looking in that direction, you wouldn't see it. Yeah. Well, I missed it, like walking past the woman who was standing at the window. (laughs) And then on my way back is when I noticed it. And so anyway, I called 911 and what, so 
the guy's fine. EMS came and got him, and I'm sure they took him to a hospital. But talk but, about what you did. But what I yeah. thought was so strange and what really aggravated me was that within, like, the first 30 seconds of me speaking with the, the 911 operator, I had told her where we were, that, you know, what was going on with this man, that he was not violent, that, you know, because people were walking past him and he was not reacting. So right. Right. he was just having some sort of uh, mental, you know, undergoing some sort of mental distress. Yeah. And, you know, was like, what, what did you say? He was, he was like uh, gay for snow. Yes, he was um, gay for snow. You know, he was just happy with the snow, but he could have hurt himself. So anyway, I said this very clearly to them. And I said, I just, please send an ambulance right away. This man is not violent. It's very cold. And I'm worried that he's going to harm, you know, himself or the weather is going to get to him, whatever. He's going to end up with hypothermia. Exactly. It took yeah. me almost six whole minutes, which is a lot, I think, in, in terms of, you know, getting uh, emergency service. That's a long right? time. Yeah. To get the 911 operator to get EMS on the line. Yeah. And... Even though I gave her everything in the first 30 seconds, there were questions like, what is he wearing? Well, again, he's naked. He's not violent, so on and so forth, right? It was just the series of questions that were being asked of me were just so ridiculous. And then the one that pissed me off the most was, why are you concerned? And I said, well, it's like 30 degrees outside. This man is like naked and he could die. Yep. Like. Hello, why else would I be calling, you know, 911? He's not violent. So turns out that the woman who was downstairs that I walked past had also been on the phone and EMS came and all of that. So they canceled my ambulance. But as soon as I hung up, like a minute later, I got a call from the police who said, oh, we're calling because you reported a uh, an African-American male, a naked African-American male who is violent and um, having a mental breakdown and is violent. And I said, hold on, why, why are you coming here? I said, this man is not violent, not, vi-. like I repeated it like five times. I said, he is a danger to nobody but himself. Right. EMS currently has him in their custody and they're checking him out. I can see it from my window. Why are you sending the police? And this is the thing that I was so afraid of. And she said, well, in your call to 911, you said that he was violent and he was having a breakdown and this, that, and the other. And I said, no, no, no. I said, it looked like he was in a state of mental distress. Right. I didn't say breakdown. I didn't say violent. Yeah. And I said, please, like, everything's fine with him. Oh, we're well, just but you specifically, him. because I think the operator asked you, is he, does it look like he's violent? You said, no, he's not violent Ex- at exactly. all. And in, and you said, and in fact, people are walking near him and he's not reacting to them. Exactly. And when EMS came and they just touched him, he stopped. Right. He, they allowed him, he allowed them to just roll him over to examine him. He didn't put up a fight. Like, they so, wrapped him in a blanket, put him on a on a stretcher, and and he was gone. Yeah. The only reason I highlight this is, and and he's fine now, and all of that. And the police came, and and I guess they were talking with EMS from what we could see. But I just, it really bothered me that I gave a very clear explanation of what was going on and right. emphasized that this person was not violent. Because as soon as I called and started talking to them, I thought as soon as I say that this person is African American they're going to send the cops. It's just, you know, it is what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's what happened. And they changed everything I said, which I know is recorded. And I don't, 
I don't know what I can do about that. I don't know how to proceed with this in the future. But I just thought it's something that people should know. Um, because this happened to be the first time I've ever had to call 911. Right. So I was I was kind of shocked at how long it took. The series of questions that had already been answered that just kept on getting asked. Mm-hmm. And then this complete, like, twisting and changing of what I said that, you know, that they reported to the police. Right. So, uh, you know, but, I mean, thankfully, the the person, I assume, is is okay. And then, you know, somewhere. Getting warm. the help they need, yeah. yeah. But that that really shocked and uh, disappointed me, quite frankly. I, I can tell you for, for a fact that... Uh, the the time it took them to respond to this call was far too long. I remember I was uh, on my, and granted, we live in Queens and the story I'm about to tell happened in Manhattan, but uh, I was on my way to work and I was, uh, I was standing at a bus stop and a man walked up to me and he said, can you please call 911? And I said, why am I calling 911? And he said, I think I'm having a heart attack. And so the man sat down on the curb. I called 911. I was on the phone for all of 30 seconds. I described what the man was wearing, where he was seated, and I gave them the address. And then, and within those 30 seconds, I could hear the sirens and I could see the ambulance in the distance coming toward where we were standing. I don't understand why in the snow, I mean, I guess maybe it took them a little longer because of the snow, but I don't understand the snow, like, just like describing the man as being naked and laying in the snow, period, should have been enough for them to say, oh, well, this could turn into someone who freezes to death outside so let's send the let's let's send ems i'm also wondering if there is a number because it's it's clear at this point that you can't call the police especially if it's a a black person that's involved and whatever it is you're calling about so i'm wondering i mean we should look this up because this is important um if there's another number we can call for I guess like non-emergency, like even though an, to me this was an emergency because exactly. like, that man had been out there for at least 15 minutes by the time you discovered at, him. At least because when I went down there, the woman said that she'd been watching him for like 15 minutes. So by the oh. time they came, because she was like, I don't know what's going on with him. And, and you know, but l- let me see what I can do. Right. Um, I just it just it really disappointed me yeah. and and scared me a little bit in terms of. Like calling upon our, uh, whatever you call that, like emergency, emergency responders. Services. Yeah. And like when you call 911, they ask you like, you know, medical, police, you know, what are you looking for? And I said, this is a medical emergency. That's it. Right. You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. But I, I it just, know. it was really unfortunate, but I'm, I'm happy that they were able to at least get him out of the cold. Mm-hmm. I like whatever happened after that, we're not sure, but they got yeah. him out of the cold exactly. and that's the, you know, that's the best we could have done. Well, um we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we have a very special interview with Jackie Huba um and we're going to talk about this initiative to get at least a portion of the 100,000 is it a hundred thousand or a hundred million? It was a hundred million people. A hundred million members of the LGBT community who did not vote in the last election. We're going to talk to her about this initiative that she's working on, uh, on getting more people registered to vote at drag events. And I'm super excited because I'm really, I'm gay for registering people to vote. <laughs> so um, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jackie Huba. So stick around. We'll be right back. 
Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back and we're here with Jackie Huba. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We're great. We're We're so happy to be talking to you again. Same. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. I know. I was just looking back at our records and I can't put our records. Um, <laughs> I, I work I work in a museum. It's just kind of what I, like my language is all over the place. But yeah, I can't believe that we first had you on th- over three years ago. It's 2016. Yeah. 2016. It's wild. How have you been? Good. Yeah, that was when um, Fiercely You, my book came out. Yeah. And I, right. Oh, but then we also did something after that where we recapped an episode, yes. I think. Yeah. That was fun. That was so fun. Yeah, I was I was reminding Daniel, uh, we had you on. It was the day after you'd done a mix to um uh How Many Fucks by Erica Jane. <laughs> yeah, where you were you were Hillary Clinton like uh dominating Trump. <laughs> I will never forget that performance ever. I mean, it's my favorite. I did, I know it was for Austin pride. And then we did it again at one of the, the gay clubs here. And uh, it was just, it feels so weird to think about that now. Uh, but it was so much fun at the time because she, yeah, she was a red, white and blue dominatrix. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty badass. Like it's, it's what, it's sort of what I was expecting after watching your Ted talk mm-hmm. and, you know, like it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, let's do, well, let's ask you for your pronouns before we get too deep into this conversation. Yes. Thank you for asking it. She, her, hers work. Um, let's, um, let's talk about, uh, drag out the vote. Let's start there. Because I, when I heard, Daniel sent me an email at work earlier this week and was like, Jackie Huba wants to talk to us about this. And I was like, I wrote back, yes, in all caps. Like, because we are very, very, I just, I said it before the break, we're, we're gay for voter registration. Yes. Like, it's uh, like, I, I, I want this election to be the one that like sends us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how this all got started? Yeah. Um, so this started, uh, last, um, last summer is when it came about. And, you know, I've never, I've never been an activist until after the 2016 election. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Um, and I was on the board of Indivisible Austin in 2017. Indivisible is a nationwide group of grassroots activists. And, um, then this year I just was thinking, you know, in 2020, I have to, I, I personally need to work on something and I need to work on something big and something that's going to make an impact. And really in 2020, what we, everyone should be working on is voter registration and get out the vote. That's it. Yeah. But there are a hundred million people who didn't vote in 2016 in a presidential election. And that is terrible. And especially when you look at the um, voter participation percentages by age, you see that people over 60 are voting in the 65, 70% range. And folks who are 18 to 29 are down at 28%. Wow. Wow. And 
Exactly. And so, you know, if you're thinking, if you're a young person who cares about the planet, <laughs> who cares about mm -hmm. LGBT rights, who cares about having a future that you want to see, it just feels terrible that that folks are not voting for um, politicians who were going to mirror their views. Mm -hmm. They're letting, they're just letting the rest of, uh, you know, folks who are older vote for whoever they want with their views. And so I, it just seemed like unbelievable to me. So um, I thought, okay, but a registration, get out the vote. What's the twist on that, that no one else is doing drag Queens, mm -hmm. drag Queens. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know so many drag performers who are very, um, they're activists, you know, there's a long history of activism in the drag community. So I just, I called up Fifi O'Hara and I said, Fifi, like, do you want to work on this? And she said, absolutely. And that's kind of how it started. That's amazing. It's, it's just a, such a great idea to, you know, use, uh, use and kind of engage these artists who are already, already have such a huge reach as it is to kind of expand, you know, their, um, uh, not their reach, but the the kind of target, you know, like what, yeah. what 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 they're what they're going for in terms of activism and getting the word out on something, and it really couldn't be anything better than than voter registration. And I think even more than that, some of what you know is on your website and what we've seen in the in the promo videos that you've released is also not just registering, but actually going and voting. Yeah, and having had personal experience with someone in my own family who told me shortly after this 2016 election that they were not happy that Trump got elected. And I said, well, you know, at least, you know, at least we cast our votes, right? We went and we exercised our right and privilege as Americans to vote. And he looked at me, he said, well, you know, I, I didn't vote because like, what's the use? And I, I almost just killed him because I said, you can't complain about the results of this if you did not take an active part in trying to stop it and kind of, you know, create a sea of change, even if it's just by casting your one vote, because yeah. I feel like people and specifically the age range that you mentioned are really caught up in this idea that, you know, them going and just filling out a box doesn't matter, but it's numbers. Of course it matters. You know, I, I've never really understood that particular mindset. Is that something that you um, have found to be a, a, a challenge in you know, throughout this, uh, uh, initiative? It's absolutely the challenge. I, you know, as someone who is older, I am trying to dig underneath, um, why younger people aren't voting. And I'm, I'm you know, I think there's a whole bunch of us trying to figure this out because we all know that we need more people in this age bracket voting. And we're trying to get understand, trying to understand why don't they, they what, what are the inhibitors? Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot going on, I guess. I mean, people are also complacent. There's a million reasons, but we need, we need to figure out how to fix that. So, um, for me, when I look at drag and drag out the vote is an initiative to use drag queens, you know, to mobilize an army of drag queens across the U.S. to help people get registered into the polls. And we don't just use drag race queens, but we're also going to be working with local queens. Mm -hmm. But initially, initially, the drag race fans are very young. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why we wanted to reach out to um, the drag race queens to ask them if they would come on board. So we started with registering voters. We registered uh, voters on 39 uh, cities last year on Bianca Del Rio's tour, as well as the Work the World, RuPaul's Drag Race official Work the World tour. So we hit a lot of folks and um, Bianca did some posts for us and 
So we're, we're trying to really get these folks who look to these drag queens for some direction to say, hey, you know, get involved. And just I just want before we go any further, I just want to say um, if you are a voter registration organization, you have to be nonpartisan. So I will say we right. uh, we we believe in certain issues. You know, we believe in LGBT equality, climate change, all these issues. But we cannot advocate for a party or a candidate. So we have to register everybody. And that's mm-hmm. totally cool. Uh, but there still needs to be more young people voting, right? And so that yeah. that's really our main mission. Absolutely. That's interesting that you you mentioned the, you know, being nonpartisan, because it was something that when I was looking over the material that you had available, I thought was interesting, because I'd never, you know, I mean, we all know, you know, essentially, like what, you know, what one's viewpoints are to a certain extent, but I'd never thought that that you have to be nonpartisan in order to like be a voter registration organization, which I think is, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but it's also not something that I'd ever even thought of until now. Yeah. Yeah. And we, yeah, well, I mean, this is honestly, to be honest, this is new to me too. I've never run a voter registration organization, but I have a lot of advisors who uh, I'm in Austin, Texas, and we have um, some folks here. Move Texas is a great voter registration organization that works on campuses in Texas. So they are my advisors and they're helping me. We, especially when you start looking at, you know, how we're classified. So right now we're a fiscally sponsored nonprofit. That means um, that we have another 5013C that sponsors us. So we can take um, tax deductible donations. We are we have filed our 5013C, but that takes takes a while through the government to get yeah. your status. So we're working on that as well. Um, but when you start definitely getting in the nonprofit status, um, in order to have that 5013C status, you you have to you add, they will yank it if they find that you are not nonpartisan. So um, it, this is just the way it is, and and that's that's totally fine, and we totally get that, and we will register everyone and any and anyone. Um, but I'm just excited that we've gotten so many queens who uh, want to be part of this. I do have to tell them we have we have like 43 PSAs on voting from from queens that we got at RuPaul's Drag Con, and I did have to caution folks like I know they're very <laughs> excited, and some of them are actually endorsed <laughs> candidates, and I'm like. I know you. I know you've come out and endorsed someone, but please don't on the video mm-hmm. like really talk about you know the candidate or talk about like the orange person in the White House. We can't really have you <laughs> talking about that, so they had to edit themselves a little bit. That's fascinating, actually. I mean, working in a nonprofit myself, I know I I've known about this kind of nonpartisan thing that they. I mean, it's a little different for cultural organizations most of the time because we don't. You know, we don't really get involved in politics, but I definitely have, um, you know, seen events where, um, you know, they're they're kind of politically charged and they say things without using the exact the exact names and, and things like that, which is kind of fascinating, really, um, to kind of work around those issues that we have to deal with. Yeah. And so I'm, we're trying to help you. So in, in the PSAs that you'll see, we've, we've released some of them. We have a, a ton more to go. Um, I really, we have some real folks who have just really great things to say about the privilege of voting. So Sugar Kane is one who talks about her father being an immigrant and how he became an American and got the right to vote. And he did not take that for granted that as an American, he got this right and that we all shouldn't take that for granted at all. We have Todrick Hall talking about how he personally never used to vote because he didn't think that it mattered 
And he understands that if we want to live in a world where we have the rights that we should all have, that the only way we can do that is voting. And that's why now he's a big advocate for voting. And so I, I love these personal stories and I hope that these stories will connect with other people who might feel the same way. And, uh, you, you're all, uh, hosting an event in, um, is it in, in Milwaukee again, the event, uh, on, on the 28th? It's in, uh, it's actually in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. Um, yes. Yeah. So you're, you're doing this big drag event, um, to bring attention to this. Uh, what, can you tell me a little bit about, uh, like what people can expect from that event? Yeah, it's our first big fundraiser of the year. We have uh, 18 queens who are coming to put on a giant drag show. And um, of course, it's uh, Flip Phone Events, who is the promoter there in Minneapolis, who's fantastic. And Fifi O'Hara has, um, Fifi has like a, it's called Queens United. Mm -hmm. It's kind of her initiative to bring queens together. And what was so great about this is that Fifi partnered with Flip Phone Events in Minneapolis, and I don't know if you remember this, in 2017 to do a big fundraiser for Hurricane Puerto Rico relief. Yeah, yep. yeah they raised like $80,000. And I went and helped. Fifi's a really good friend of mine. So I, I helped her with that event, went out there, um, helped her put it on, met Chad from Flip Phone. And so when I wanted to do our first big fundraiser, it was easy. Like I, I said to Fifi, do you think we can get Chad from Flip Phone and all the great people in Minneapolis who volunteered all their time, like bring the band back together again. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he said yes. And we went to Chad. Chad was like, absolutely. Absolutely. So we have Queens like uh, Monet Exchange. We have Trinity the Tuck. We have, um, oh my gosh, so many people. Sugar Kane, Gia Gunn, Jiggly Caliente, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Uh, we just added Nicole Page Brooks, which is oh. so awesome. Oh, from Atlanta, Georgia. I have never seen her <laughs> perform. I'm so excited. And just this week, we just added Jade Sotomayor from season one. Wow. wow. I mean, the list and, is amazing. And legendary uh, Sherry Vine. <gasps> oh. oh, my God. I love Sherry. Oh, that's spectacular. It's yeah. going to be so wow. great. It's at, the, it's at the Muse Event Center. It's um, January 28th. And if folks would like to attend, um, you can go to uh, Drag Out the Vote on Instagram. Go to our bio. You'll see all of it there. We also have all the... Um, the queens that are the local queens from Minneapolis that Chad works with, they're also going to be um, performing in it as well. I mean, it's we have literally well over, I don't know, 20, 30 queens total who are going to be performing at this event. That's fantastic. And how, so for, for people who don't know how it works, when they go to this event and they are like, how, how do they register to vote at the event exactly? Like what, who, what should they look for? Yeah. So we have partnered with the, um, the biggest LGBT equality group in Minnesota. They're called equality. No, whoops. Sorry. In most states, it's so funny. In most states they're called equality than the state, but in Minnesota they're called, right? Like we have equality Texas here in Austin. I don't know if you guys have, you're New Jersey, right? No, we're in, uh, um, we're in Queens. Queens. Yeah. In New York city. Yeah. Oh, in New York, in New York. Okay. I don't know what the equality group there is called, but um, in Minnesota, it's Outfront Minnesota. And so Junior and the folks at Outfront wow. Minnesota are going to be right in the front lobby uh, registering voters all night. Um, so everyone who comes will be registered for sure. That's so exciting. And you also, um, so you got a uh, a donation from a queen who's doing a couple shows in Las Vegas. Uh, I think you're familiar with her. You wrote a book about her, Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, she, um, you, you guys are doing this contest uh, to win tickets to her residency. I mean, I, I love all of the, uh, all of the different avenues that that the that you're taking to get people, uh, like just to get people interested in just getting interest interested in getting uh registered to vote. I mean, uh, Lady Gaga has a huge reach, obviously, right? Um, so how did um how did that come about? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> it's kind of a crazy story, but um, w- let's see. So just to set level set, folks. So the reason why we're fundraising is it takes a lot of money to support all these tours, to do all the stuff we want to do with um, getting the folks out in October, November. So fundraising is a huge deal. We have a huge budget to be able to get all this out, do voter education, let people know when all the dates are. So we're doing these events, which are fundraisers. But then I realized like, you know, could we do an online fundraiser? So you don't have to actually be at an event. You could just, you know, we could online fundraise. And this is so crazy. Um, I know Lady Gaga's team, but uh, I ran into her manager actually at Alaska Thunderfuck's Justice for Art Pop show <laughs> at DragCon in New York. Oh my God. Wow. It was a Born This Way fundraiser. <laughs> and I ran into him and I was telling him about Drag Out the Vote. I had this like Drag on the Vote dress on. And he said, You know, we love this. And could we help support you for fundraising? Uh, maybe we could donate some tickets. And if you've seen the Enigma tickets, they are almost sold out completely, mm-hmm. very expensive in Vegas. So um, yeah, they donated uh, two tickets to her residency and we put that with flights and hotel. And then we got um, Wigs and Grace donated a lace front and Isley, New York. I don't know if your yeah, listeners yeah. know. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yes. love their stuff so oh. much i i have i wear i have so much of it i love it i wear it it's mm-hmm. um uh, jewelry and sunglasses 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 and sort of acrylic glasses mm-hmm. uh, she's donated a hundred dollars worth of that we have a hundred dollars worth of house labs which is make a uh, makeup line from gaga and then frank DeCaro, who's a legendary performer donated um or he gave us a signed book um, about the history of drag. And so it's a huge package. Oh, yeah. Literally, literally folks can start at uh, buying $100 for uh, – sorry, 100 entries for $10 is where it starts. You can buy as many entries as you mm-hmm. want. It goes till February 15th. Um, so people can just keep buying entries um, and win this amazing package. I've seen the show. I don't know if you guys have. The Enigma is amazing. Oh, no, we have we have not yet seen the show, but we we're... we unfortunately we planned a trip to Vegas right when Gaga wasn't performing yeah. because of course we did. Of course, uh, and um. <laughs> we went to the we went to the store, and that was mm-hmm. um, yeah. that was about as close as we could come. Uh, so I just. I, I love that so many different kinds of people are getting involved mm-hmm. and, and it just, it shows how important this moment is. Um, I wanted to ask a quick question. So Daniel came home all excited on Friday because he thought Lady Gaga was releasing a new single. And I was like, don't, don't, don't buy into it. Don't do it. Don't get your hopes up. So I wanted to ask you Gaga fan to Gaga fan. Are we getting new music from Gaga this year? <laughs> I don't know. I think I got to look at the dates for her residency Mm because to be honest, I don't think she's going to release anything until that residency is over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I don't think she'll have the time to prepare like everything she needs to prepare. So I think 
it's worth looking at the dates on that when the residency ends and if they don't extend it, which I don't really know if they, I don't think they are. That's, I think that, that she may be, she may release some music after that is my guess. Mm. See, Robert was right. Yeah, like you you wrote the book on her. So it, obviously I would like I you know, I just said they said February 7th. Who's the they? They, them, the the people. The internet. Um yeah. I did see that rumor. I did yeah. see that rumor and I was like, mm, I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't fall th- for it. Oh, drats. I think it'll just be later in the year. That's yeah. my guess. Later I, in the year. I hope so. So Daniel and I are registered voters. We we vote in in local elections. We vote in uh, all of the elections. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's an election, we're there. How as registered us as registered voters, what can we do to help with this? You can sign up three friends and make sure they're registered. Okay. Really, I think um, for folks who are used to registering and used to voting, I think then we go out and we look at our friends and we question them and say, hey, are you guys registered? Mm-hmm. And if not, um, they. by the way, you can go to dragoutthevote2020.org and right on the front page is a big register to vote. When you click it, it will actually, you can check your registration. So you can put in your information. Yeah. It will tell you if you're registered. And oh, by the way, you have to be registered at your current address. So if folks have moved, um, they have to check their registration, change the address and, and be registered at their current address to make sure that you have no issues at the polls. Yeah. So I think that's really the most important thing if you already know you are is to find three people your friends, check with them, make sure they're registered, your family, call them up. Are they registered? Yeah. Yeah. And I know a a lot, like you said, people, some people don't know that they're registered, which is kind of mind boggling to me, but I think especially for, um, for, uh, for, for cis men, when you're 18 and you have to fill out that little, uh, draft card, I think they still do that. There is a box that you also check where they automatically register for you to vote. So chances are if you're 18 and over and a cis male, you're registered by now. I don't think that's a, that exists anymore. Does that not exist anymore? I don't think so. Am I crazy? I, I don't know. Oh, oh. That's, I can oh. That's say, a great question. I'm showing my age. I can say <laughs> I absolutely, so I registered to vote uh, because I was in college when mm-hmm. I turned 18. There wasn't a draft card. I can tell you for sure. Mm-hmm. It, I just I filled out a form, and then the I I voted in the first. My first election was when uh, George W. Bush was reelected. So it was a, it was similar to this, where it was like, go vote, go vote. You have to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, it's uh, it's something that I feel is really overwhelming because talking to your friends and to your family about politics seems like something that is just this big like thing that you it turns into a like it can turn into a fight it can you know absolutely but we have to do this like if we care about this we have to do this yeah and i think you know we we hopefully we can get around this a little bit because um being voter registration shouldn't be political honestly right right Mm -hmm. it's 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 i will often ask people are you registered i'm i don't you know, I'm not going to get into who are you voting for. I don't need, I don't need to know that really. I mean, I hope for everyone's conscious, they'll vote for whoever they think is right. And we'll see where it shakes out. But, um, there's no excuse for us to not do our duty. And I know it's tough because in some States, uh, it's, it's, it's harder. Like in Texas, in Texas, if you want to be, uh, registered, we don't have online registration. So you have to be, uh, you have to register in a bunch of different ways. 
as somebody who like I am a person who can register, I have to be certified. I have to go take a class. I have to take an oath and swear to the state that I will register people in a nonpartisan manner. And those are the only people who can register people in person. Oh, oh wow. Oh yeah. So it makes it t- so much tougher to get registered. But, um, the, 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 the system I'm using on my, on our website will actually, and no matter what state you're in, if you check your registration, there's actually an option for uh, us to send you something in the mail that you can then sign and mail in. So we've got ways around it for every single state. And I'm partnering with a group called Register the Number Two Vote, and they've got this all down. So there's really no excuse whether it's in person or whether something comes in the mail to you that you then put in the mail. We've got everything covered because of my partnership with this technology firm. That's so comprehensive and incredible. I mean, I I really just like all of the faith and and like energy toward this initiative that you're doing. It's it's so important. Um and I just want I w- I actually want to speak to our listeners for a second and just say if you're if you have questions, any questions at all about voting, are you registered to vote? Where do you need to go? Message message one of us. Like it's or email us we are more than happy to point you in the right direction and help you. Like we don't feel ashamed to be like, Oh, I'm not Mm -hmm. registered yet. Or I didn't, you know, we don't care about that. Links, PDFs. Let's, let's move forward and do this, like do Mm -hmm. this right in, in November. Yeah. And one thing folks should know is that the primaries are coming up. So um, there's voter registration deadlines that are different for every state, but they're coming up some of them right at the end of January. So if you also go to the bio on our Twitter, drag out the vote or Instagram, you'll see a link that's that links to um, a calendar for all the states. So you know when your registration deadline is. That's that's a great resource to have. Uh, We should we should definitely check that out so we can remind people Mm -hmm. um, as we're heading in that direction. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing yeah. I want to um, just share with you guys is our, um, for our efforts at the end of the year. So, cause I'm going to ask oh, yes. for, um, everyone's help on this. We, once we get to early voting, um, it's time to get people to the polls. So we've got a, uh, initiative we're putting together called drag brunch to the polls, where we are going to be, uh, finding drag brunches around the country who are pretty large. And we're going to sign up those folks. We're going to provide the buses, the party buses. And we're going to drag everybody's butts to the polls with our drag queens who are going to be leading us. So, um, yeah, we hope to get 50,000 people to the polls in this way. That's that's amazing. That has to work. People love brunch. That has to work. work. (laughs) I mean, this is this is an initiative that like uh, we see in other communities. Like I don't know if you're familiar with the African-American community in the South. They do souls to the polls. So they go Mm -hmm. from church to the polls on Sundays. And it's just been something that they've been doing forever. So it's like a community-based thing. So we kind of looked at that and said, okay, well, when we look in the drag community, like where do we find people getting together and having fun mm-hmm. uh, on a Saturday or Sunday where we can go to the polls? It's drag brunch. There's yeah. drag brunches everywhere. So we're gonna, we're getting corporate sponsors to help us wrap those buses and sponsor the buses so that we can get everybody there. But that's one of the things that folks should look for at the end of the year. And if someone would like to sponsor a bus, just message us. Um, yeah, it's going to just be an army of drag queens leading folks to the polls in November. That's amazing. I can't wait. I, I can't wait for the photos. <laughs> it's be it, it really is kind of monumental yeah. you know, when you think about it. Just this this uh, really intricate network that you've you, you've developed, you know, to to make this happen. It's it, it's really inspiring. Yeah. 
Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that, but I mean, it's really, um, everybody doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for all of us, you know, I just think a lot of people think, well, I'm not an activist or I can't, so I can't, you know, I, I don't really know what to do. And it's like, just get involved. There's so yeah. many things that, that could be done mm-hmm. this year. Um, whether it's just giving money or just helping with a candidate that you believe in or knocking on doors to register people, whatever it is. I mean, we can all do something and I think it's going to take everybody to get involved in what's happening so that people can see the change they want to see. And so I just appreciate that we have so many drag performers around the country who want to lend their microphones because so many of them, you know, they, they, they're looked at because they're, they're on stages with microphones Mm -hmm. and they want people to get involved. And so I'm relying on all of, I can do this without the community of drag performers across the U S whether they're on drag race or not, we need all of them. And so if you're a drag queen out there and you want to help out, just message us and uh, we are looking for drag queen ambassadors across the country to help us be part of this community of drag queens. So if you want to be part, just let us know. And uh, can you remind our listeners uh, of the website where they can go to register to vote and also your the social media handles for uh, Drag Out the Vote? Yeah. So our website is dragoutthevote2020.org. And then all of our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are all simply just drag out the vote. And we will, of course, have links in the show notes, but, you know, just in case. (laughs) Yes, yes. Come follow us. Come find us. Um, Well, thank you so much, Jackie. This has been amazing. I'm so happy that we were able to talk to you about this and that it was about the election. I'm, I'm excited for all of this stuff. If you need anything else from us, we are so happy to help. And, um, and we, I, we hope this is a success. It has to be. (laughs) Thank you so much for just helping get the word out. You guys, I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Uh, well, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back. And what a great conversation that was with Jackie. Yeah. I feel very um, inspired. Yes. I have to say. I mean, it's definitely something that we're going to be keeping a close eye on and promoting. So, yeah. And, an for that. and listeners, I meant what I said. If you have any questions about being registered to vote or voting or any any issues you might have with voting, period, mm-hmm. we will not get into you know party lines or any of that stuff. I promise. Just reach out, and we will. You know, you can comment on our social media. Mm-hmm. You can send us a direct message. You can email us at grizzlykiki at gmail dot com. We will. We we're willing to help in any way possible. Uh, to make sure that as many people vote in this election, yeah. period. So having said that, 
Let's talk about the Keto Corner. Oh, this week's Keto Corner is very tasty. It really was, though. It really was. It really was. Um, <laughs> so in this week's Keto Corner, we have Robert's uh, Cabbage, Chicken, and... Oh, my goodness. It's a lot of words. Cabbage enchiladas? What? They're called Cabbage Enchiladas. Yeah. That's uh, the name of the video. Robert's Keto Cabbage Enchiladas, um, which are very tasty. Um, so make sure you head over to our YouTube channel at grizzlykiki.com slash YouTube. Yes. And, and check it out. And the video does show, I, I tried my best to cut around me being like, oh, I hate the way these look because they don't <laughs> look like enchiladas. Full, full disclosure. I used red cabbage. Red cabbage is purple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was so cool how blanching the cabbage stained the water. I thought that was beautiful. I was obsessed with that. And they like beautiful. It really did. And I was also, because it stained both of our hands, I was obsessed with washing my hands because washing my hands would turn the water blue as well. I just thought it was really cool. But anyway, um, it just, it paints this picture that like these enchiladas are not very good. No, lies, Mm-mm. fallacies. They even, they got better the next day. Yes. They were so tasty. And like two days later too, because yes. we made them for meal prep. Um, but yes, do, did, I, did you put in your, in the video, I can't remember, I've seen it, but like, Cut off the ribs, guys, if you ever make these. Like the the harder part of the of, of the, the cabbage. cabbage yeah, because yeah, it'll make it softer. But I liked it with the red cabbage. But I think it's definitely like one of those things where you make it and then you wait a day or two. It just kind of all like uh, the flavor together. profile yeah. changes. And Very it tasty. and the the filling was so good. Oh, that enchilada sauce Ugh. recipe you frown you found I frowned. You frowned, you frowned upon it. Uh that uh <laughs> Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah. So there are links to uh, I believe it's a wholesome yum recipe, but there's links to all of that uh, on our YouTube channel. So head over there, show us some love, and um, and let us know if you make the recipe. Yes, it's a fun recipe. I love enchiladas, so check those out. Um, well, now it's time for I'm so excited. I'm so excited. excited about this week so i'm very excited this week for blown away on netflix and blown away is a an art glass competition show um that's i think about 10 episodes long Mm -hmm. and it brings together i think about maybe eight to ten um professional glass artists to compete in a hot shop like a genuine glass blowing studio and they have different themes like dishware or being inspired by um, a photo from your past and things of that nature they set the 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 pieces up in a, in like a a, a pop-up gallery they get judged they talk about it and then they you know eliminate somebody and give someone like the prize for the mm. day. Um, and I just happened to stumble upon it on Netflix one day. So it's just, it's a lot of fun because it's a seeing this kind of art form in action and seeing these like actual art pieces just be blown, like quite literally <laughs> is a lot of fun. So I'm enjoying it and I hope you check it out and enjoy it as well. Is there a monetary prize for the winner? Um, they get a residency at the Corning Museum of Glass in oh. Corning, New York. Um, so if you grew up home of Corningware, home, yes. home of Corningware, okay. which we all know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the little white dishes with the blue flowers, they're made in upstate New York and they have one of, well, actually they have the most important museum of glass in the world. And they have mm. examples of glass from like 
2,000, 3,000 years of glass. I actually worked with them uh, on a project when I was at the Hispanic Society with some of our ancient glass. So they get an art residency there. They get a, I think, a $60,000 prize. Okay. And um, there's one more thing. They get like an apprenticeship at a a prestigious glass studio as well. Oh, that's Um, cool. I think this show actually takes place in Canada. So it's ah. a little, you know, it's easier because Corning is so far north. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's quite a few prizes, actually. That's great. So I've it, seen you watching yeah. it, and it's nice. I think it's nice for you to have something that is yours to watch, because I feel mm-hmm. like we are constantly waiting for the other person to watch stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I think it's cool, because there, there are times when I want to watch something, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I have to wait, because if not, I have to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it's just fun. It, and the episodes are like, you know, 23 minutes. So it's, you know. Oh, so it's a half hour show. Basically. Yeah, they're half hour shows. And um, they're just interesting. And the, the, the diversity of the contestants is also quite interesting. And in they're like hmm. outlooks and stuff. So hmm. I definitely recommend it. That's interesting. Um, I love a half hour show. I love when Netflix gives you a bunch of half hour shows. Those are those are more digestible, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, well, my... My thing that I'm excited about this week. Uh, so I have started working out with the fitness fitness marshal on YouTube. Wow, what a tongue twister! Uh, and I I'm really enjoying it. I have I have been searching since I started exercising almost a year ago. I have been searching for something that is going to make exercising fun, and I found the fitness marshal a while back, but I couldn't get past his sort of like corniness in a way. Um, but um, I don't know, maybe I've worked through some stuff and now I really enjoy everything, like all of his videos. Uh, I basically, I have saved all of the songs that I recognize. And so I'm going to go through and see, because like, they're not all winners, unfortunately. I love, I love what the fitness marshal is doing. And I love that it's available to me as a, you know, as someone who uses YouTube, it's completely free to me and he's helping me get in shape and all this stuff. Uh, But a lot of the, a lot of the older ones are not, not necessarily winners. Like, um, there was a choreography to bitch better have my money where I was like, this is strange. Uh, so I am like, how much, how many calories am I burning by pretending to bitch slap someone during this choreography? I'm not sure. Uh, so, (laughs) so I'm just kind of working my way through his collection and, um, and picking out the, uh, the choreography that I enjoy. And, and I'm surprised at how varied it is and how much fun it has been. So I'm really, really enjoying that. My body is screaming at me. Uh, I have been... I've been in pain since I started doing it, um, which I think means that it's working. Uh, so, <laughs> um, if it doesn't hurt. It's not working. Yeah, I. You know, I really thought that watching. So I've been rewatching The Office and doing cardio for a while, and I really thought that that was gonna like give me the uh, encouragement I needed to keep going to the gym. And it's still, I hate it. I really hate it. So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still looking for it, but this honestly, this is the thing that I love. I look forward to it. I'm a little disappointed if Daniel comes home in the middle of it because I feel this weird, like I feel like I need to stop, even though Daniel is doing nothing. You you have done nothing to tell me like you need to I'm stop just doing like, this. Why'd you stop exercising? Yeah, I just feel like I, mean, I need to stop in the middle of it. Chances so. are, I mean, listen, we did what what what, what did Shanti have? What was it called? It was called um, uh, hip hop. 
abs was that what it was called something like that that because i'm very uncoordinated and (laughs) you i'm like well you have no need to be embarrassed of me watching you or not i could go like sit in the room until you're done but i'm like it's there it's kind of fun i mean i've watched one or two of his videos because they're actually just kind of fun to watch because he's a hoot and and he has a diverse set of um participants or like i was gonna call them backup dancers he calls them booty backup his booty backups um they do modified versions yep of the exercise so like you know if you're like heavier and you don't want to put so much strain on your body there's you know somebody doing that there's another person doing this so it's 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 really great because it's not just like you know like a skinny person who has like you know super toned uh like back booty backup <laughs> thank you booty backups who are like well like but you like i think like kind of no matter who you are racially size wise you know things like that you will see yourself reflected in his videos oh absolutely I think is, it's key because like when we were doing um shanti shanti yeah i'm like the like the person doing the modified one i'm like this person does not need to do a modified version yeah. of this and like everybody i don't know it just was not the other yeah. thing that I really appreciate, so one of his regular booty backups is this Thickums YouTuber. I'm not, I don't really, I don't remember her name. Um, but, uh, and then that being said, he does a lot of collaborations with other YouTubers. And mm-hmm. that's fun, like discovering these other YouTubers who are relying on music to kind of keep you engaged. Um, that's really cool. So he, he's constantly doing that. Uh, but yeah, he has this uh, this other YouTuber that is like Thickums and and watching her do all of the choreography is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, his boyfriend regularly is booty backup, and his boyfriend is incredibly uncoordinated, which I love because you're not sitting here being like, "Oh, you need to be able to know how to dance in order mm-hmm. to do this." No, anyone can do it, and so there's just there's a lot of encouragement coming mm-hmm. from these videos. So I'm really I really love it. Uh, he even had he has like a subscription thing that you can sign up for where you get uh, you get like tailored 60 minute workouts weekly, um, which I have not signed up for yet because uh, I just I don't think I'm there yet. I'm still working on retaining choreography, which I think I've made a little bit of progress with. Um, and I was surprised that I was able to keep up with uh, the Sierra, the level up dance. That he oh, and he does the same. It was intense. It was very much like uh, rub rub your stomach and pat your head. It was very that because you're essentially rubbing your stomach and patting your head because you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, does he do like any of the choreography from the? He does the, the same choreography. Like oh. for the most part, it's the choreography from the video. Damn. So um, it was a lot of of that. So I'm having a a really good time with uh, with that. So check out the fitness marshal on YouTube. Okay. It's been a while, but we're back with pettiness. My pettiness is killing me and I. So this week, quick pettiness, really quick. So Barry Hankerson, who is the founder of Blackground Music, uh, he is also Aaliyah's uncle and former manager. Uh, he lied to us. He told us, that on Aaliyah's 41st birthday, which happened to be this past week, that we were going to see her entire catalog show up on all streaming platforms. And he lied. And I'm very upset about it. And I'm trying not to speak above a whisper because I want him to understand how serious I am about how upset 
I am. I went into an ASMR moment there for a second. <laughs> um, I was, was, I still am a big Aaliyah fan. And I have a hard time watching her music videos because I think about where she would be today. And then I think about the fact that she died and it's like a whole spiral. It's the same thing that happens when I watch, when I listen to Selena's music, when I listen to TLC, it's just like, it's more of the same. Uh, But I remember hearing that Aaliyah's music was coming to streaming and I got so excited because I can't put her music into my regular rotation right now because I basically exclusively listen to music on Spotify and without it on Spotify, you can't listen to it. It's just, it's plain and simple like that. So uh, I thought it would have been a really great way to start this year by having her music on all streaming platforms, especially a great way to celebrate her birthday. Wouldn't it have, wouldn't it have been amazing, amazing, if Aaliyah charted around her birthday? That would have been amazing. That would have been fantastic. And it would have happened. It would have, 100%, it would have happened Mm -hmm. if her music has shown up on streaming platforms. And that's not to say that her music needs to be there or it doesn't. I don't feel one way or the other. I am a a big boy. I can head over to my iTunes and press play on the Aaliyah playlist that I made for myself years ago, and I will be perfectly fine. My issue is getting all of our hopes up with this person that we have a huge, like I, I, I have fond memories of listening to her music. I have moments like pivotal moments of my upbringing that she has been the soundtrack to. So don't play with my emotions about that. Either put her music on streaming or don't talk to us at all. That's all I have to say. And with that. Well, yes, girl feels like you have feelings. I, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I mean, he's her uncle. How can he not see that uh, like emotional manipulation when when we're invoking his niece's name is wrong. Listen, it's wrong. Maybe, maybe he'd brokered some sort of deal and it fell through and he got his hopes up too. He didn't broker a fucking thing. He's a liar. Wow. Anyway, well, that being said, he's a liar, but he th- could become a not liar by making it right. Make it right. Make it right. Make a statement. Robert would like to speak to literally the manager and <laughs> she has some former to manager say we have her wig ready. But with that, yes. that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow our guest Jackie Huba at Jackie Huba on Twitter and Instagram and follow drag out the vote at at drag out the vote on Twitter and Instagram as well. We are Grizzly Kiki on everything. Uh, that means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so be sure to follow us there. You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you listen to this podcast. So until next time, bye! bye.